Hi everybody and welcome to the next episode of Confessions of a Letting Agent. Um, today I have a special guest in the office and um, we were just deciding what to call him. It's uh, Andrew Harvey. Hi Andrew, how are we doing? I am fantastic, Ben. And we were just saying, is it Andrew Harvey, Harvey, Harvey? What uh, what, 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 what do we call you? <laughs> yeah, so the story goes, since school everybody's called me Harvey. I mean, right. Like, it's not one of those, like we had a few friends... Like a mate called Richard Gibbs, for example. Sometimes they call him Gibbo, sometimes they call him Richard. But for me, it was solely Harvey. Right. It wasn't designed that way, but just for some reason, that just <laughs> stuck with me. Even down to teachers end up calling me it. My friends' parents call me it. Everybody right. calls me that, apart from my mum right. and my sister. Yeah. Everybody calls me... So your name is Andrew Harvey, but we call you Harvey, which... Yeah, and everybody calls me Harvey, yeah. And yeah. funny enough, when I first started networking and that, I was like, how do I introduce myself? Like, Especially to new people, because everybody yeah. knows me as Harvey anyway. Right. I've known some people for like... 20 year and they find out my name's Andrew and I go I didn't know your name's Andrew like, I didn't know that yeah. kind of thing so <laughs> so yeah so just so so um I think me and Harvey we, we, we met online first Harvey is I would describe as a as a big player in property um in in the northeast he's from the south you can tell by by his accent um but uh, he's very very strong online has a massive marketing presence we're just talking da- downstairs when I've just given him the walk around of the office about uh, all his marketing. So we're going to talk through today his story, where he started, how he got into a property, what he's up to, and um, yeah, um, and, and we'll make we'll make a start. So um, if uh, if we can start by your original, where did you start off, Harvey, and um, where did you go to school? What happened? Your career prospects in early age? Um, <laughs> just, just just go for it. Yeah, no problem. So I was born in London. So I was born in Stratford. Uh, sort of proud of being born in our great capital city of the UK. But from a young age, I moved to a little village called Averley. It's not far from Stratford, but it's just literally just on the outskirts of London. Right. Uh, so I grew up in Averley. And then from, uh, how old was I? I think about 32, I decided to get into property. And going back to career-wise, from young, never really, I didn't, I finished school with no GCSEs, left school early. Okay. In and out of a bit of trouble when I was young. Nothing like... Nothing like, I wasn't like a pimp or a heroin <laughs> dealer or anything like that. But right. I was just in and out of trouble, got caught with a bit of weed, smoked a bit too much weed right. when I was young. And yeah, yeah. To be honest, to this day, I think weed should be legal. I don't feel unethically yeah, yeah. unethically about that. But it's, it's, just, a bit, it's a big subject, isn't it, actually? Yeah. I think it's coming. I think it's yeah. definitely coming uh, and it should come. It's in America now, it's yeah. in Australia, it's in yeah. Canada. Uh, it should be legal, in my opinion. But yeah, uh, smoked a bit too much weed when I was young as well. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, left school early, always an entrepreneurial spark kind of thing, come from like a council state, single mum, right. never met my dad, my dad's Caribbean from Dominica, and my right. mum's white English from East London, okay. and uh, never met him, no, and my mum like just left him and just left for whatever her reasons was, but uh, but yeah, in and out of school, like, like where we didn't have no money, so, so back in the day, like BMX Bandits was a big film for me <laughs> when I was a kid, and all my mates had BMXs, so it's like I was trading like BMX part, I remember going to the boot market, and this guy, he was an old boy, he must have done a house clearance. And he had all these branded sort of BMX parts, like Skyway wheels and Arrayas. And, and he was selling them for like 20p's and 5p's. And, and from young, I don't know why, I w- always used to go and earn money with my nan and granddad. And, and I, used to be, I used to be able to save. I used to have this saving method. Like when new 5p's come out, I was like, every new 5p I get, I'm going to save it because it, it will build up enough of a significant amount for me. I, yeah. I carried it over when I was older. Every time I got a £2 coin, I, I saved it. I ended up buying a house up here out of £2 coins. I saved up eight thousand eight hundred and odd pound in two Amazing. pound coins mainly. Wow! And I had to top it up with a couple of grand, but right. pretty much bought me a house. But uh, so, so, what? What was your first job then? Uh, first job. Uh, first job uh, in a factory, I think it was. Uh, right, okay. Before that, like so, before my first job, uh, from 
from the age of sort of like 15, I was doing like little events. So what I'll do is, again, I was never really tough, but I grew up in an area where it was quite rough and tumble and where it was a little village as well. I remember when I was a kid, there was only ever one black kid in the area. And so it's like, okay, right. you've, you've either got to toughen yourself up a little bit and be amongst that crowd or right, you're going to okay. get bullied by that crowd. And it's the 1980s as well. So skinheads and punk, right, you know, okay. it, was, it was quite a different world than it is today. There's still right, racism okay. out there and prejudice yeah. and life would always have that. But it's, Did you experience some racism as a kid then? Not too badly not too because badly. of my attitude to it though, you know, Fair like yeah, yeah, more yeah, yeah. so than anything. Yeah. And also I just befriended all the kids that would have probably given me the hard time, you know, so it was like, <laughs> well, fair enough, yeah. Okay. Kind of just befriend them kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, kind of got around those. But, uh, but yeah, so... I remember befriending a few kids. Again, I was littler, and and so I remember doing my first party. So we'd get one of my friend's parents. I'd persuade one of my friend's parents to go and rent this hall. At the time, he was playing, like, decks, and it was jungle music at the time. Right. So he was all DJs. So I'd get my friends to DJ for free because all of them were to want to slot like, at the party. They wanted to be able to play right. and show off their DJing skills. And then uh, I would arrange it, get the tickets done, get one of my friend's parents to hire the hall. We could only usually hire them once because there'd be a load of sort of like 14 to 16 year olds turn up <laughs> all drinking alcohol, oh God, yeah. smoking weed yeah. and whatnot. So yeah, like the venue would be like, you're not taking that again kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, that was my first sort of like little take between that setting bike parts. We used to drive down to like, we used to drive down to Dover, yeah. bring a van back of cigarettes and, mm. and alcohol. But, but all them sort of activities, like it is slightly, it is entrepreneurial, isn't mm. it? Like I remember when I was like 15, I had a car washing business in my road and I used to charge two pound a, two pounds a car walk up and down and then but in two or three hours i had 20 quid and it was like good money when you're like 15 year old and it is that entrepreneurial it is whatever you do to make to make absolutely you know, look at 15 i've done that first event i think i had about i think i had about four or five hundred quid in my pocket and off a, wow. off a one event and back yep. then as well bad, imagine properties where i lived down there at the time was like 70 80 grand yeah. the same properties today are like 300 400 350 400 wow. grand so it tells you the difference in inflation and buying power of your money yeah back then but i remember earning that sort of money i'm like i'm never going to work again <laughs> I'm like, like yeah, that's, that's felt like king yeah. when you got there. Absolutely, like, yeah. <laughs> I left school. I was like, sod this. I don't need this school anymore. What I need education for? I'm off. I'm doing my own thing. Never went. It didn't go so smooth all the time. I was up and down. Yeah. I said, I got in trouble with a bit of weed. Found myself behind uh, a locked door a couple of times. Right. Uh, yeah. One with mental health being sectioned, and okay. number two wow. with, okay. with the police being caught with okay. weed. So yeah. both two things. I'm not unscared. Like yeah. I'm scared of sharing. Uh, it's part of my journey, kind yeah. of thing. And I said, with the weed, I'm not. I didn't think it was anything unethical as well, so yeah. I could I could live with that morally yeah, yeah, yeah. as well. So, uh, but it's interesting listening to this and, and for our listeners as well because obviously you know you, you you've maybe had like you know uh, not an easy ride. You haven't had an easy mm-hmm. ride, but you know from where you've come to today, and we'll talk about that soon. Is you know it's not it, it's not always easy for everybody, and, uh, and you've just come up you know from what you've been through. It's yeah, absolutely, and and to be fair as well. Uh, Still not easy. You know? yeah, I've still yeah, got yeah, loads yeah, of challenges. Yeah, I've got yeah, days yeah. that I wake yeah. up where I'm like, yeah, am I doing absolutely. the right thing? Yeah. Am, I made, am, I, am I cut out for this? Yeah. You know, like, yeah, absolutely not. But yeah, even as a kid, like, loads of confusion. I've been brought up by a white East End family. Yeah. But I look more black than I look white, you know? <laughs> so, like, that was massively confusing <laughs> straight away. Yeah, the dad yeah. wasn't around. So, yeah, like, the stars didn't fully align for me. And yeah. they don't always to this day. But what I try yeah. to do now is when they're not aligned is... I think, where, how can I make them align? Okay. What, what can I do to yeah. to align them, you know? And, and yeah. as I said, as a kid, didn't have a BMX. So it was like, what can I do to get this so, cool yeah. style BMXs, what my friends have got, what my mum can't afford kind of thing. So, But that's, that's actually, which you, you know, you know, you 
know, it's a mindset, isn't it? Rather than saying you can't afford it, what do I need to do to Absolutely, be able to yeah. afford it? Which, which is another. So what was the turning point then? When did start things going well for you and career prospects and moving into property? Uh, property, so... So as I said, got in and out of trouble. Always like I kept on going up. The thing with success as well, it can be your biggest threat to future success because you get complacent. I do definitely. I go to the gym, I get in a bit of shape, and then before you know, it, I'm like, yeah, I'm ripped. I don't need to look after myself so much anymore. Eating back on the road. Yeah, yeah I do that all the time. Yeah, and I do it with success. I get a nice lump of money in my, in my can. Maybe not as big as some people, but not yeah. a nice, comfortable amount. I'm like. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've got the minus. Yeah, like, yeah, what am I buying? That, yeah, I've got the minus touch. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Elon Musk now, and then all of a sudden the bank's empty. I've put my hand up to too many ventures, and I'm like, right now, I need to concentrate again. <laughs> that's so a, that happens. Yeah, that's a, yeah. Constantly for a cycle, but as I'm getting older, I'm a bit wiser with it. I'm learning them cycles and them, them yeah. things. I would be really, really bad with it. I was young. I'd earn some money, and then I just wouldn't do anything again for six months while I had that big pot of money, right. kind of living off my success, and then I'd realise. <laughs> I've got no money again now, so I need to do it again. <laughs> but the real turning point was about 32. Uh, right. Uh, I'm 44 now, so at 32, I was like, do you know what? Let's get into property. I was with a girl at the time. I wasn't getting on with her. Bid on my own house. Like, all my friends were buying houses, and I missed that boat of free houses. Like, loads of my friends got free houses. Just literally, I talked to my mate about it the other day, and he's like, I'd never get a mortgage today. I literally walked in with a mortgage broker, and because he used to duck and dive a little bit and didn't have no real income, the guy was like... How much you earn? He was like, I don't know, I'm self-employed. I earn about 20 grand a year. He said, we'll put down 35 grand. You'll give you a better house. This is a mortgage broker back in the day. Oh God, and he went, no problem, boom. Got, him, got yourself a house, 100% lending back then. That house, he, he bought it for 70 grand. He sold it for 350 grand. Oh he now God. lives in a half a million pound house down there. But his wages today still don't align at half a million pound house. All it is is the equity he gained he from that. From the first yeah. one. Amazing. So, so uh and he had the he had the he had the bollocks to really go into that yeah. broker and just pretend yeah. that yeah I've got a job kind of thing. But that's interesting. So a lot of your friends around you are buying properties, and at this point you thought I need the, to get into this thing. Well, the home properties. So initially I thought yeah. to myself, right, let's go and buy myself a house. Everybody's buying a house. Yeah. What you meant to do, isn't it? Yeah. And and this before education, before I read Rich Dad Poor Dad or any of these things. Yeah. We got I bought one, and then something subconsciously I like I like analysing my past because I, I, I get loads of things wrong, and still to this day, but. What I like to do is think, how did I do that right? How did I do that wrong? What can I try and learn from that going forward? Absolutely. And so I looked at it and I realised subconsciously I wasn't doing the right thing. I was going to move in with a girl I wasn't getting on with. She, like, right. And I was like, so I found another house. So I pulled out this first one, went to the second one. Okay. All it was is a stalling tactic in my subconscious mind because I wasn't sure about doing this. So I had a lump of money as well. Like My mum my mum inherited a house, so she allowed me to remortgage some of the money out of that because okay. my name went onto it, and I had a bit of savings there as well. And okay. uh, she, uh, I went to try and buy my own home, pulled out the first one, went to buy the second one, literally on a day of exchange of contracts. I phoned up the agent and went, do you know what, I can't do it. The agent was quite, like, peed off with me, and rightly so, you know. Like, right. I hadn't thought it through properly, but I said to him, look, I really do apologise. I'm not making it right what I'm doing, but it's not right for me. I can't, I can't go through with it. And no matter how peed off you are, like, I'm sorry, I just, I just can't continue with it. Okay. Uh, I've got to do the right thing for myself. And I pulled out at that point and thought to myself, right, I'm going to get into property. I split up with a girl and and, right. and went, right, let's go and find my path. I've always had an interest in property. I'm never going to have such a large, well, I might have done, but when, when I'm not going to have a large lump of money in my disposal again really quickly because I'm going to tie myself to like a £1,200 a month mortgage. So at the time, my rent was like, 400 pound a month so I'm like I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna yeah. increase my outgoings you know the running of the house is gonna be more expensive council tax everything yeah. so I'm gonna have a less ability to save I'm, I'm not gonna get any more abilities yeah. to refinance the house 
So I'm like, let's just do this. Let's just go and buy yeah. some property. I had no education, so I went off, bought a piece of land, thinking that I'd be a property developer, and thought, let's buy, let's build two three bedroom houses. And this this journey you're on here, this happens. I've done that. You know, you, you think to yourself, oh, I want to get in property. I'll, I'll go and buy some properties or buy some land. And you read no books, do no education, and then that's just a common thing people tend to do, which is crazy when you think about it now, isn't it? But it, it happens. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I bought this piece of land. Uh, well, the story is as well though that one of the friends I grew up with, his dad was a chief planner. Uh, wow. So I said to him, do you think this would work? He said, yeah, it's a goer. And that is as far as I knew. I'd, I'd never, I didn't know anything. Section 106 agreed. I didn't know nothing. I didn't have an architect. I, 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 didn't, I didn't even refurb the house before, like let alone right. trying to build one from the ground upwards. Yeah. And there was loads of issues with this, like ransom stripped home by the council. And it went into a political thing because I asked him a few bits of advice. Some other kids that was around my age was trying to get their seat on the council. And I didn't realise back then, being naive, that they're Labour, they're Conservative, and they're both fighting for the same seats. Uh, and I was, I just thought they were all in the same party. I'm trying to do something positive. I'm saying to these, these other lads, like, oh, wow, yeah, I'm talking to this guy, and he's giving me a bit of advice. Yeah, yeah. And, and before you knew it, it was on the internet saying, this councillor's advising him, blah, wow. blah. So it just oh, created man. into a really big mess of a, a thing. And in the end, I sold it with a massive loss. But it got me started, basically. Yeah. Like, but my ambition was way above my skill levels uh, and my actual conviction at the time. So in theory, I wanted it. Very much like in theory, a lot of people go, right, I'm going to the gym tomorrow. Alarm goes off in the morning. They go, oh, start next week. Yeah. Once I was in it, I was like, it was too overwhelming. Like I, I started, I've got a friend whose dad's a bit of a mentor. I come from nowhere. He's like a multimillionaire, built up a massive business, massive portfolio of commercial buildings. And I always go to him for advice and okay. sit with him. So I was going to him That's saying, good, like, yeah, I've got this yeah. bit of land, like, what do I do now? Do? Kind, yeah, of, yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of thing. So he's guiding me, giving me an architect, he's giving me some guidance. But the, the enormity of the task was overwhelming me. So what it done is made me shrink a little bit and procrastinate a lot because it was just scary. It's just too scary, you right, know? Okay. Like, I didn't know how lending or any vehicle right, right, stories. Okay, yeah. But you bought the land, though. Yeah, it. I bought it outright. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, so I bought it outright. And, but luckily enough, so then the second property I bought was, like, so as I said, I was... I grew up in Avery, but I was born in Stratford uh, in East London. And I stumbled, this is when I first got online. So I bought the land. I hadn't been online. I'm embarrassed to say kind of thing. I bought three deals, one piece being a piece of land. I didn't even know what a yield was at the time. I didn't even know what uh, right, what right. BRR was, any of these things. And then right. I went on the internet. So 2009 was when I started. I went on the internet and started searching property. Got my first laptop, first time I've been on the internet. Right. So wow. I hadn't been on any social media, on the web or anything before that. And I stumbled across this guy called AJ, and he was from Romford. So Romford is just greater London. So Romford's like 20 minutes from where I live now, right. 20 minutes from where I was born, 20 minutes from where I grew okay. up. So, But this guy was buying properties all over the UK. And he's talking about yield. He's talking about buying these for like 20, 30 grand. I was like, wow, the last property I bought down here, I had to put 40-odd grand into it. Yeah. So I'm like, like, just for the deposits and that. I was like, wow, like that How looks interesting. Yeah, 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 it looks yeah. interesting. It sparked yeah. my seed, but I was a bit nervous because... It just seemed too good to be true. And he was a coach as yeah. well. <clears throat> so I was like, oh, he's doing seminars, but I wasn't sure whether to go along to him. But anyway, uh, I bought bought the land, bought the next deal. Uh, and instinctively, just as I was coming across him, I knew Avely didn't work as the investment area. It's a village. There was no transport links there, no train stations. The, the prices were quite high. Yeah. There, there wasn't maybe a rental market there. So instinctively, I just thought, let's go somewhere else. I went to South End on Sea, okay. which is within 50 minutes. This is that rule that everybody said, stay within an hour. Yeah. I bought my first my first place there, three bedroom. For, for us northerners that's listening to this, is, is, is South End where the Essex boys are from? 
the movie. Yeah, it's all around the area. Yeah, it's all around the area. Yeah, yeah. And as I said, look, when I was in and out of trouble as a kid, like all our friends' dad was all part of that. Like little, like one of my friends' dad was involved with the Brinks Mac robbery. Wow. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Yeah, but it was yeah, all like right. villains. So right. when we used to go to school, they used to pull out one of the pubs where we used to go have like lunch, all in their Ferraris and, right. and, and and in their bits. And that's what it was around. And he was like, oh wow, these are, these were our, our kind of idols yeah. at the time. You know, they was all entrepreneurial because look, there's a common misbelief that. Easy money is in criminality. It's not. It's, it's, it's just as difficult as any business. Mm-hmm. I know loads of friends that are unsuccessful criminals yeah. because they've got no business mindset. You right, know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and there's a whole other element to it of security because you can get people come and shake you down just for the fun of it because you mm-hmm. can't go to the police and say that person's trying to rob me of my like somebody <laughs> coming here Ben and went right. I want I want to take your business off you. Yeah, you just go it. and phone the police up and they'd say right. You can't do that kind of thing. If yeah, someone yeah. does that when you're on the streets. Then, it's different. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You've got to try and defend yourself or or give up what you've earned, kind of thing. But uh, but yeah, it's, it is around all them sort of areas. But South End on Sea was the first place to decide by by my first place. It was really in an hour. Went off and bought it. It was a two bedroom. What turned into a three bedroom. But it turned out, and this is the, the, that breaking point for me. It turned out it's right in the middle of a red light district, right. and then literally. Uh, four doors up from where I bought was a drug rehabilitation centre and, and this red light district wasn't like Amsterdam this sort of sexy like yeah. it's not sexy that's the wrong word but it's a trendy sort of right, okay. coffee shops and bars and a nice area it was, yeah. it was heroin addicts crack addicts oh, walking God. the street at night looking for a fix and then in the morning four doors up from my property they was then getting their drug rehabilitation getting their methadone or oh, whatever God. it was yeah, 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 so yeah. I was like wow like and when you obviously hadn't realised the seriousness of this area till you bought yeah, yeah. yeah. the property yeah. luckily enough though I'm with my friend in there and I think he likes ladies of the night so oh, so he right. loved it there so he stayed there for about seven years <laughs> oh really yeah so it didn't work out that bad I still own the property it's, All right, okay. it's more than doubled in price you know just had it valued I bought it for 90 grand and just had it valued at 200 so amazing it's not well so, so in hindsight you've had a good rent and it's actually worked out yeah. alright really well funny enough and that's how it leads into this look like I like always being entrepreneurial, one of my mistakes is I try and spin too many plates at once. Yeah, I get so many ideas and I always but, run off. And but, but that's that's a common entrepreneur, yeah, like, yeah, yeah especially I'm on sim- the profile. Yeah, I'm to that, yeah. yeah, and and I spin too many plates, say yes to too much, and then just get myself overwhelmed, yeah, debt, uh, no so money, common, lose yeah. so much, lose yeah. money. But uh, but at the time as well, uh, I, I I tried up in, I, I bumped into a guy from Stockton on Tees, and he'd moved down. He met a girl from my area, moved down. And I bought a few properties down. I got a piece of land. So he said, what are you doing? I said, this is my main aim. I want to get into being a property investor. We went and played golf. And uh, he was like, oh, why don't you look up north? I said, I do want to because I see this AJ guy buying all across the country. I said, but I've only got a handful of properties at the moment. What I want to do is get to 10 properties. And then once I understand, like, kitchens and the, the, the mechanics behind it, yeah. I can go to a new area because I don't know anybody. And if I don't know anybody in the area, I'm going to have my pants pulled down. Yeah. And he went, well, you do now. You know me. And he said, look, I'm from Stockton on Tees, next to Middlesbrough. Have a look. So I went home after the golf cart day and Googled Middlesbrough and Stockton on Tees. What, like, what year are we on now then? This is around two, 2010. Okay. So I Googled that and I was like, wow, we like five grand, three grand auction properties. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> so and at the time, I was a bit nervous like because he told me, the funny thing is, this is how the story goes, like his girlfriend, uh, she 
met a guy from my area and he told her he's a club promoter. He told her he owned all these properties. He had a penthouse in this really nice area. I met him just through mutual, mutual friends and obviously being business minded, we just started chatting. And then when, when you do your research on local people, I found out that he was just a club promoter and he lived in the spare room of his friend's house that lived in his penthouse. Oh, right. So, <laughs> so when, they was, when their friend group was telling us about this guy from up here, yeah. I was thinking, oh, I hope she hasn't like been sucked into another one of these guys again. Because <laughs> I knew what, he was, what this other guy's back. But then I met him on this golf day and I was like, wow, this guy seems really, really genuine. Yeah. And I remember going to that guy always mentors me. I told him, I've met this guy, I'm going to have a look up north. He's like, look, stay to what you know. This is the older boy. Yeah. Stick to what you know. Stay, yeah. stay to what you know. Like, be careful of people sucking you in. I was like, I don't know. I've got a gut feeling about this guy. He seems really, okay. really genuine. Okay. So, but lucky enough, because when he's up here, he's, he's just so well-connected. Like, I wouldn't get five minutes of his time because he's just got so many businesses. He's got loads of business right, up yeah. here, loads of properties. Like, just well-connected. So I wouldn't get his time. But because he was down there, he didn't know anybody. I massively got a massive amount wow, of his time. Amazing. So we played golf three times a week. And I remember we played the first golf round and when they were telling me who he was, if I genuinely knew he was definitely that, I probably wouldn't have the courage to like follow up on it. But because I was thinking, oh, is, is he the same as this other guy anyway? Right, so I was okay, like, I see, yeah. let's phone him up. And I said, look, do you mind me going to take you for a bit of lunch and uh, just picking your brains? So I said to him, look, I found these properties, two grand, five grand. He was like, look, you're just going to buy yourself a problem at them sort of yeah, ends of the market. Yeah, absolutely. He said, but uh, he told me a little bit about it. And I said to him, well, next time you go up there, uh, let me know and I'll come with you. And I've learned this since. Like, you've got a little window in our brain that will talk us out of doing stuff. So if you do it within a five second, like if you count back five, four, three, two, one, and just take action, it's before that little section of the brain starts sinking in that worry and that little internal voice. So, so just the, do it. Yeah, don't, just don't do things. Yeah. yeah, don't overthink. But this happened to me naturally without, like, looking back over it, as I said, I like analysing what things happened. So I went to him, next time you go up there, I'll, I'll come. I'd like to come if you don't mind. He went, yeah, of course, I'm going next week. And I was like, oh, like, uh, really? <laughs> I was like, okay. And do you know when you try and make excuses, I was like, okay, let me look, check, check the hotels and that. No, don't, you can stay with me. I've got a gaff up there. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> let me check the trains and that, and I'll let you. And I'll, I'll pick you up. It's oh, no right. problem. So I was like, uh, and yeah. he weren't doing it on purpose, but he it boxed yeah, yeah, me yeah. in, right? Yeah, yeah. And I was too embarrassed to say no at that point, but I was still a bit scared, thinking, right, this is on there. Like, yeah, 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 am yeah. I really going to go this far away yeah. and look at properties? And I went, yeah, go on and pick me up. Like, so he picked me up the next week, drove me up here, took me around. I was like, wow, he's like, he's got a, a car garage on Nisham Road. Funny enough, and I was there. I was, I was the witness for it when he took it took it on. I was right. like. Okay, signed for that. I was like, yeah, you are the real deal. He took me to all these shops, his offices, showed me all these properties, and uh, and, and this just showed me around. I was like, wow. So he he's got a full time handyman working for his for his business. Yeah, uh, he's got a, he's got a lady that kind of manages his. his I keep on saying you need a letting agent. He's yeah, old yeah. school landlord. Okay, I think he needs a letting agent because yeah. he's just fed up with it and got yeah. no real systems yeah, 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 behind yeah. it. But he bought properties as a side hustle because he was earning so much money in his other businesses. Yes. Uh, and he just said it was just like Monopoly, really. He's just, I was earning money. I was just going, I'll buy another one, buy another one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's got, he had over 100. He's done over 100 up here. Wow. Uh, I don't know what he's got now. He's sold off a load, but he's still probably got a good 60 of Amazing. them. Tons of commercial buildings, uh, loads of businesses up here. He owns storytellers in, in, in Stockton High Street. So so it was just a chance meeting for me with Amazing. him. Amazing. But I, 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 I followed up on that. But he guided me, he supported me. So the first five I bought up here, he supported me. 
And they uh, advise you where to buy. You know, don't buy the absolute dregs. Get somewhere yeah. in the middle. It's so still a good return. I started to put the work in. He didn't send me deals, but I kept on just sending him stuff. What I've seen on right move, no good, no good, no good. Which yeah. was a shame because those yeah. are all the cheap ones. But then I sent him one on an area port track. It's not the best of areas, but he, look, you'll just about get a wave over there. But my budget was low. I had about yeah. fifteen grand at the time. Right. Well, not even less than that. About ten grand at the time. My budget was low, so he's like, "Look, this area is a better area." And I was like, "I just can't afford the deposits on that." So he's like, you get just about away on that. It's not great, but yeah. you'll just about get Fair away. Enough. And it's yeah. 40 odd grand. Advice. So he sent his lady out to view it for me. And uh, literally, it's funny because where they was well known, she walked out the house and well, her friend was renting a property from them. So she got a number, phoned up the lady that done the viewing with the estate agent before I'd bid on it. Yeah. Went, Are you buying a house? If you are, can you put me down on the list to rent it? And that lady actually did rent it. I actually offered on it after that. So I had a tenant for my first house up here before I even had bid on it. She moved in. We got 500 quid a month for it. It was 40 grand. I thought to myself, wow, I'm going to buy hundreds of these. Wow. Um, I bought a handful of them. Um, I got it revalued at 60K. Got all my money out. I spent oh, 17, 1,700 quid on it as well. Wow. Uh, bought a second one, spent 700 quid on it. I remember buying my second one saying, um, look, I've got this light refurbishment product. So what I want you to do is like do a bit more to it so it just influences the values when they come out. And then when I phoned her up because they'd done the refurb, I said, did you change the sinks and the handles? And she went, oh, no, I didn't need to do it. got tenant anyway. And I was like, what did we spend on it? She went 700 quid. I was like, oh, fucking hell. Like, sent the value out. I got it for 52 and he valued it at 74 or something like that. And I was like, wow. Wow, man. absolutely but that's, amazing. But that's where the market was at the time. Yeah. We literally, my rule back then was I'm not spending any more than four grand on a refurb. Yeah, yeah. Because that's another deposit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we could recycle it back then. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a bit of a fallacy because the tenants we attracted by doing that wasn't great, okay. but but either way, it allowed me to recycle and build up a bit of portfolio that way. Yeah, but yeah. I, I think I got three up here at the time. I had a few down in South. I had a piece of land. Then I had this idea of opening a coffee shop. I was like, okay. The coffee shop? Yeah. <laughs> exactly, random. What period down there? I'll tell you, Dan, Dan, where I am. I'll tell you why I come. He's got loads of sunbed shops up here. And when we're playing golf, he's going, oh, they're great businesses. He said, they just run themselves. Kept talking, Joe, when you're around somebody, I kept, this is why I don't always like networking because you hear always different ideas yeah. and you get shiny penny again. And again, they're great. But the idea was, look, if I find a building down here, would you just guide me? What? And he said, yeah. He said, I'll even go ask with you or I'll just tell you. I'll tell you where to get the best bowl, sunbeds, blah, blah. And he actually come. So I went and found a few property, like properties to rent, lease. Yeah. And he actually come on the viewings with me. I didn't have a clue. I never looked at a commercial uh, uh, property before. I was just like, okay, this makes sense. I've got support here. Uh, and even like the term break clauses and the terminology he was using, I was like, wow. That's yeah, yeah, a lot yeah, yeah. And I found a really good deal which had, and this is before rent to rent was a thing, it, had a, it was a shop that was struggling to rent because upstairs was used to be a workshop part of the shop, it used to be an upholstery shop, and it had a big workshop at the back, so nobody wanted to pay the premium on it because everybody at this parade only wanted the, 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 the front shop element, they didn't want upstairs. But at the time, he was just doing a, de- like a development on his own house, and he was bringing labourers down from, from, from Teesside from here. and getting, putting them digs, and he's like, I was like, how much are you paying for them digs kind of thing for them labourers? I was like, so I said to the uh, the agent, look, if, could we turn this upstairs into residential? I started digging into it. It could be done under permitted development. Right. I went, could I turn this into rooms upstairs and just rent the rooms out kind of thing? And I was like, yeah, well, look, the landlord just wants your plan from this. So what I've done is I sent them over. I got some drawings drawn up, sent them my plan over what I'm going to do. I said, look, is it mine, though? Because I don't want to commit to this with finances. And definitely, Lauren, you've shown the most eagerness. And with a plan, I got the back part, like it was a big unit at the back, rented out to a welder as well. So I was like, okay, some beds there, upstairs residential, back uh, as, as as commercial. 
sent him my idea and they nicked it basically. Like the, the, the owner nicked the idea. I was like, oh, okay, that's a good idea. Of oh, the owner of the place. Yeah. Oh, God, he was right. like, what, what was now a difficult building? Oh, God. We can now switch around into something that's pretty decent. You lost that. Yes, yeah, so I lost oh. it. But it's, I, was, I was then out trying to look for another commercial building that was very similar to do a similar sort of plan with the sunbeds. And then I stumbled across, like, Hornchurch is like, 15 minutes up the road from where I live now. So I stumbled across uh, this coffee shop, which was right outside the tube station. So right. tube line straight in, straight yeah. outside the tube station, straight into uh, Fenchurch Street, this tube goes to, which is one of the major ones in London. So I was like, when in done your normal thing, I like went into a few Costa coffees, no major education at this time, just doing everything off the instinct. So at this point, I was going to ask you, that was at this point you still haven't read Rich Dad Poor Dad, no, no property education. No. I left school dyslexia, I couldn't read uh, right. properly. I didn't right, read okay. my first book cover to cover until 2010, and it was a real struggle. It took me five years to even start wow. being able to read. Okay. But I was just so determined with it. I'm like, look, I want to be a reader, and I just carried on and carried yeah. on with it. But, sorry, continue, but to the coffee shop point and all these three properties, and you still haven't done any property education? No, no property education, okay. no property education books. Okay. The first few books I read was The Celestine Prophecy, The Alchemist. I didn't read any pro- okay. property books. And because I wasn't really online still at that point, yeah. like now I get loads of recommendations from the algorithms of yeah. the books, but I didn't know what book to look for next yeah. kind of thing. So, uh, so yeah, so I bought all these all these bits uh, at the time as well. We, like, you must remember, like the, that's firework time, fireworks. So my like, same guy, I was bringing it in from China, and you could sell them big packs of big fireworks. Money, yeah. It was great, it was really good money at one point, but as soon as it's good money, everybody dives into it. The market gets saturated and it gets difficult, you know. Yeah, and that's it. Like most things, isn't yeah, it? Absolutely. Yeah. And and then the real good people at that trade stand out because they've got systems and processes. Yeah. A lot of people start out and think they're they're like the next Richard Branson, but it's just look, you're in a wormhole of a market that's got no like you've got more demand than 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 you have people yeah. supplying. So it's not to do with your business skills; it's to do with the demand, and you you hit the market at the right time. The, the real test comes when everybody else floods in. Absolutely. Can you then emulate that and build the systems out? Yeah. But uh, so the coffee shop. Yeah, back to the coffee shop. So I've got this coffee shop, done the normal thing like you would, cost of coffee, looked at the price of coffee. The idea was great. Call it iCoffee. Like, I've got great imagination. Yeah. So we've got iPads. We put them on the side. We, instead of having newspapers, we've got the papers on, on the iPads Amazing. on the side. Was a plan for you to run it or get a manager in? No, yeah. So this is how it works as well. I was viewing these shops to try and get uh i'm very much an opportunistic much to my detriment sometimes much to my 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 advance and other times but uh i was running a coffee shop not coffee shop i was looking for another sunbed shop sorry and as a result uh i stumbled across these coffee shops i'm looking at commercials and literally a week earlier my friend's girlfriend she worked, she's always worked in catering she's working in the school at the time in the kitchens and she was really fed up with her job she worked in cash catering so i was like okay you're perfect like you're fed up with your job brilliant this opportunity is there. So yep. I went and pitched them. and said, look, I'll go and get it. I'll get it set up. you just got to run it. I remember buying a Hugo Boss key ring, saying, you're going to be the boss. Like, you run uh-huh. it. And it was that idea. Do you know, you think, look, I'll just get it and that's all it. Just run it itself yeah. kind of thing. And, and it don't. It, it, it don't. It don't. No, I was no, waiting for that. No, no, that's the idea. Yeah, well, I've been there before. I, I remember, yeah. like, I was excited about setting it up. So I've got all local suppliers. So even the crisp was made on a Colchester farm, not far right. from us. Like, the, 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 the great story, the butcher was called Chi. I remember phoning him up on the phone. I've got to tell this, it's a bit of a tangent, but it's a great story. I phoned up a guy, like, local butcher, local meat, and I was like, uh, uh, his name was Chi. So when I went and met him, he was like, he was a blatantly white English guy, and I was like, Look at him thinking, Chi, like, is it a nickname? So I was like, do you mind me asking, where did your name come from? He's like, 
Oh, it's a funny story. He said, uh, 1970-odd Olympics, he said, my mum and dad was arguing about what he was going to call me. didn't know a name. My dad went, right, next person that wins a gold in Olympics, your name will be that. <laughs> he said, randomly, it was a swimming thing. He said, Chinese never win swimming. A Chinese guy called Chi won the swimming. My name's Chi. <laughs> like, wow. That's a great story. I share that <laughs> kind of thing. But uh, anyway, we all local suppliers. The idea behind it, I coffee, done it out, looking really nice. Yeah. As well done it up. Is this on your own or with this other guy? This is on, this your on my own. Yeah. So I looked at the history of it. One guy made it run really well, but he ran it himself. Like he was in there. He was a passionate guy. Ran it himself. Someone won the lottery and offered to buy it off him, and they run it down because it was inconsistent. They thought it was as easy as this is a good business. Yeah. We'll just buy it, and money will, will survive it. It had some rogue landlords on it as well that was overcharging and really tried squeezing you out and certain things, but I was a bit naive then. But, uh, but yeah, set it up. The idea was great. Got that lady and she gave up on day one. I remember when we was going around. Did what? Yeah. <laughs> Did so, it what? so I remember going around like to like all these different places and she was like, when we was getting the coffee machine, she was like, you should be watching this. I was like, look, that's your part. I'm going to concentrate on trying to build this out and get this running. <laughs> So uh, the, the sole intention behind this was to earn more money to buy more of these buy to let Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, it was another, that, just another income stream. Yeah, income really. stream to buy these. Cause yeah. I, I was hooked. I got, got a load of them. I was like, wow, I need more of these, you know. Uh, and w- where a few of them was under 50K, I couldn't refinance them straight away because Berman and Mishai was the only one at the time doing that. If it was above 50K, uh, uh, TMW was giving you the light refurbishment mortgage yeah, yeah, yeah. so I could get my money out quick. But a few under uh, 50K, 150K, yeah, you I had to get, wait two yeah. years to, to, before I could get my money. So yeah, I was yeah. like, I need more income. So I've set up this coffee shop. Uh, day one, she'd give up. Day two, I'm in there with my iPhone, had to make a cappuccino. Because in my head, I'm like, the oh, reason God. this has failed before is because of the inconsistency. Uh, like, that's what everybody told me. Look, yeah. it was great with the first guy, it's inconsistent. So then I phoned up my nephew, said, Do you want a classic mistakes? My nephew, one of my friend's girlfriends as well. Like, the best way I'm going to describe, because I don't like talking bad on anybody, she's quite a. Uh, a difficult character to, to talk okay, to. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's yeah, the best yeah. way I can describe Diplomatic her. Way of saying it. Yeah, she's very, very difficult. Uh, but th- th- this is why, when I train people and coach people, I always say to them, look, think about your systems now before you get too deep in, because there'll be a point when you've not got enough time in a day, yeah. and you're overwhelmed with what you're doing, and then you're not going to have the time then to do systems. And then you're going to hire somebody and somebody will walk through the door. Think about hiring somebody from day one. It's because somebody will walk through the door and they look like they're an angel coming yeah. in the door and you'll just go, like, this woman who I've never, like, who I just spoke to out politeness because my friend, because she's so difficult, yeah. who I'd never ever dreamed of working with. All of a sudden, she was like a star candidate. My brain was telling me, because yeah. I'm in there making, I'm up, I'm up at seven o'clock, uh, five o'clock in the morning because there's a loophole with coffee shops. You, you can't cook on sites. You can do them with A1. Uh, you could do them with an A1. So as long as you're only heating it and not, and not cooking it, that's why so many Greg's Costas yeah. flew out there because they didn't need an A5 license to, right. to, okay. to get running them. But you have to cook it at home and then bring it in and reheat ah, it. So you can't okay. cook it on site. So I'm there. I'm waking up five o'clock, cooking loads of bacon, loads of sausages, oh, thinking, oh, this is not what I put my hand <laughs> up to. This is not what I planned. So then this lady, like, she'd run coffee shops before. My mate's going, look, I know you're not a big fan of her kind of thing because he's quite diplomatic as well. And he's like... But she can run a coffee shop. And then all of a sudden, this person that I thought wouldn't be great looked great then. Like, so I was like, yeah, you're on. I brought my nephew in. <laughs> they got loads of friction. My mum, I said, my mum's white English. My mum went in there one day. She didn't know she was my mum. She was just super rude to her. Oh, no. You know? And I was like, oh. So at this point, you're just thinking, why did I open this coffee shop? Uh, absolutely. So it went the other way. So it, it not only did it not give me more money, it drained me for money. So it, oh, it stopped me from buying properties for nearly two years, just shy of two years. I didn't buy another property. It got me a massive financial and a mental hole. So I nearly, as I said, when I was 21 and 26, I got sectioned under the Mental Health Act, like proper sectioned as well, like oh. locked up. You can't come out. It took me about 
it took me about 18 months or two years the first time to get over that because uh, I just had massive anxiety. I couldn't even speak to a friend on the phone. Oh, right. Like, I just couldn't face anybody. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's just part of the yeah, journey. Part, part, yeah, part of the yeah. journey, yeah. Part of the journey. I'm happy to talk about it because I think it helps because a lot of people suffer anxieties. Yeah. Lots of our listeners will be, you know, it's, it's a common thing, anxiety, isn't it? Yeah. Look, about 80% of entrepreneurs get really anxiety, bad mental yeah, yeah, health problems, yeah. anxiety, like overwhelmed. Yeah. And it's not talked about enough because it's just the levels yeah. you take on. So, yeah, if anybody needs to reach out to me for that, I'm happy wow. to share. Amazing. The reason I'm at where I'm at today as well is because not because I thought it's giving myself a rest and it'll go away. I just studied it and studied it and studied it and studied different mindset things, health yeah. things, diet, the way I look after myself. Yeah. And, I, and I'm fairly disciplined on sticking to that, that, you know, to this day. And I take on tons more now than I did back then yeah. without without the over apart, the over, apart from when I take you out for a Karina beer it goes out the window yeah that's it yeah <laughs> but yeah back to the kind of story with the coffee shop so yeah. it got me in a massive financial hole uh, massive mental hole and I could see myself heading back towards green section so I stopped and I went to myself do you know what let's stop for a second what I'm doing is wrong I need to get out of this coffee Cheers, that pride back. yeah look I'm, I'm into it for a load of money now I need to just get out so I ended up selling it for two grand I was into it for thousands so I sold well, like I sold my lease on for two grand. All the equipment was way worth more on that. The money I put into renovating it. But I thought right. I need an exit. I need okay. to know when to take that loss. Okay. And I need an exit. So I said, look, okay, I found something to sell it for two yeah. grand. The landlords were dicks is, is the best way I could describe them. Are we up to like, about 2014 now then, would you say? 2013? Yeah, it's 2013. Okay. End of 2013 okay. comes to 2014. So yeah. from 2009 up into 2012, I done I think I've done six property deals. So one mm-hmm. was a piece of land and six deals. Things were going well. So yeah. end of 2012, beginning of 2013, decided to get this coffee shop. And the whole of 2013, I was just trying to flog this dead horse with there. I wasn't getting the right staff, didn't have the right systems behind what I was doing. The idea was great, but this is the thing. Ideas are worthless. Yeah. The implementation of yeah. the ideas is yeah. where it's at. You're right, yeah, it but is. But also, not just the implementation. The, the thing behind the implementation is the systems. Mm-hmm. If you've got no systems, like when, I spe- like when I was speaking to you, Ben, potentially looking at the letting stuff, yeah. I was asking you the questions. This is on purpose. Yeah, like, yeah, where's yeah, your yeah. systems? How do yeah, you yeah. hire? Absolutely. How do you do this? Because yeah, yeah. it's like... Without comp- that, you yeah. can't, yeah. And this is why the other guy run it well, because he was a system himself. But the yeah. thing is, that's that bottlenecks. I wasn't prepared yeah. to keep on standing <clears throat> yeah, in yeah, there at yeah, 5 yeah. o'clock in the morning. You can only go at a certain level yeah. if it's just you running it, that's Absolutely. Right, yeah, so it. you've got to think about hiring from yeah. day one. And as I said, when you're overwhelmed, you hire the wrong people. Yeah. And then you that's haven't it. got the systems to train yeah. them. Yeah. And even I've hired some really bad people over the years and some really good people. And I've lost, luckily, the bad people I've lost. But also I've lost some good people because the systems was so poor right, right. that it just wasn't a fit for yeah. them and you just don't attract decent people it's still not great it's still a working process progress for me today but uh yeah it is something i take a like being my profile is something i don't naturally gravitate towards but take a lot more serious now yeah so you offloaded the coffee shop and you yep. thought i'm getting out of that now and I went to multiple streams of property income. So right. So I, at this point, you think I'm going to need to read a book. I need to educate. Yeah, myself. I need to educate myself. Like I'm obviously getting it wrong. Like I'm trying okay. to do it myself. I've always done, done some right things yeah. as well. So I've got to give myself a bit of credit. Yeah, yeah of course. Along the way, uh, I'd had a handful of jobs. Three months was the longest I really lasted a job, apart from one with a, my brother-in-law. It was a plasterer. It was a pisshead. Like. It just a, like it wasn't a, like if I didn't turn up at nine o'clock in the morning, I wasn't sacked. Put it that way. Right. Most of the time, I'd turn up at nine o'clock in the morning for him, and he was just walking home from a night out, and he'd come <laughs> in, in his going out shoes and his shirt. He'd come and do a day's worth of plastering. I'm like, so it wasn't a really serious job. So that's the longest job I ever had for nine months. Right. Every other job, three months in, like building sites, warehouses, I'd just get an itch after three months ago. I just can't do this. Even if I didn't have another exit, I'd, yeah. I need to go back. And and it went back to them cycles. I said earlier on, like I'd earn some money and then I'd lose it, and I think I need to go and get a job. Get and get a job, get on my feet a little bit again, and go. Oh, do you know what this ain't for me? I need to go and just do right. something for myself. 
But, uh, but yeah, coffee shop, uh, I realised I've got to get rid of it. I've got to get some education. I was still in a bit of a hole at the time, so I went to multiple streams of property income. Really wary. At the time, the first guy, that AJ, that stumbled across was being sued for for misleading coaching people. Oh, God, right, okay. So I was like, oh. And I see this multiple streams of property income, kept on looking at them all for a while, like progressive property and Rob Moore and that. And in the end, I was like, do you know what? Let's just go to this seminar. Super nervous. My anxiety and well-being was down at the time as well. Right. Uh, because I had this struggling coffee shop. Yep. I didn't get rid of it this time, but I went to them. And I went to that day. It was a free day designed with loads of NLP, loads of marketing. Yeah. They're phenomenal marketers. Yeah. I know Rob Moore. Uh, and he is a phenomenal, regardless, Mark. love him or hate him, he is a phenomenal really marketer. Yeah. Yeah, market, yeah. Phenomenal businessman. So is Mark Homer. So I went to this event. It was in London. So nice and local to me. Just popped to this event. And I went in there and I was like, wow, blew my mind. I talked about lease options and all these different things. I was like, wow. But then every single person on that stage said, you need to be investing within an hour from where you live. Don't invest far away. Okay. So my advantage at the time, where I was, where was I living at the time? I can't remember. But where I grew up, my advantage was knowing the streets just wasn't an investment area. Like yeah. Yeah. So I was like, it don't work. Uh, and I was looking at South End, I thought, well, I've already bought in Red Light District in South End. <laughs> kind of, kind of shy for that. But they was talking about HMOs as well, single let properties, and you can have one HMO and instead yeah. of... So I got that shiny penny. I was like, right, let's get HMO. Went and raised about 300 grand of private finance. Right. Done a HMO. But the thing was, even then we've... Where was that? That was in the South. Right. Uh, uh, again, right on... It's in this great spot. Still got the HMO to this day. It's right next to the train station, Central Line, 20 minutes into uh, into Frenchurch Street. It's in a really decent little spot. But we've got it. We turned it into a six-bedroom HMO. Like, but raising that finance is hard. Even to this day, raising 300 is. grand is a big responsibility. Yeah, absolutely. It, it weigh, even on me, with my experience, it weighs on my head when I, when I play with other people's money, you know? Yeah. So... So back then it was nervous, like and attracting that and raising that was difficult. So, yeah. I've, but I've raised a JV, I've found a JV partner. Uh, we've raised this cash. We've done a six bedroom HMO, loads of en suites, reconverted it, spent a ton of money onto it, none of my own money, so which was good. But then straight away we got pushed back from the council. Like, like they've come out to give us a yeah. license. So they're like, no, this can't be a six bedroom. This should be a four. Like what? Like if it's as a four and the money you spent on this, like this is now pressure because I'm I've got this private finance money in, yeah, and it's like a pressure. Like, like we want to rob this from being being uh, like a really profitable thing into a four bedroom. It just wouldn't work, really. Yeah. So I'm now having to battle the council, and lucky enough, I battled them. We got it to five. It did rob the profit out of it, but it still worked. Okay. But then also we moved the tenants in and tenants moaning about, oh, he's, he's nicking all the cups and not putting them in, washing them <laughs> up. And, and he's leaving socks on the radiators. And I realized, yeah. oh, wow, like, do I? Because I went to my opportunity property income and I bought my first training. So I got trained by Mark Homer and a guy called Jim Halliburton and the HMO daddy he's called. Okay. He's from, he's from, I think he's retired now, but he's from uh, Walsall. And he, at the time, he had 110 properties, all HMOs, over wow. 800 rooms. That's a lot of income, wow. And, uh, but all like, DSS low end level, oh, right, okay. squeeze oh, right, as many okay. as you can into them. Start right, one. Okay. But I went and done some training with them. It was my first sort of mentors, my first investment in myself. Did that open your mind at this point? Massively, thinking, yeah. You know, yeah, ma- and mindset shift. But it? also, what I've done, I've done that training. Now, let's talk about audio books. So then I went and got all these books. And funny right. enough, as I said, our, 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 our backed away from that first house was about to buy on a day of exchange, naturally thinking, let's put my money into something. Yeah. And then at this time, I stumbled across. The, the first few I, I, I read, like I was, I was in the seminar and they was talking about Robert Kiyosaki and all these different people. And I was like, I think, who was that? Who was that? Yeah, like everybody knew who they was. So I went off, got all the books, and I struggled at reading still, and just started feeding my head. But I feed my head with too much information and got overexcited and didn't sleep. Yeah. So sleep deprivation <laughs> was my killer kind yeah. of thing. So, okay. so hence why I drink decaf, hence why last got, night yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. Okay, was I can't come out to the curry, I yeah, need yeah, to go yeah, home yeah, yeah. And, and get yeah. my sleep because I've got a lot on. Uh, so, 
I'm there. I've got this coffee shop still going wrong. I'm listening <laughs> to what they're saying. I'm raising some money for this private investment. Right. And, and, and then at the time, I pitched my friend from up here saying, let's be a portfolio builder. And where he's got a few quid as well, he was like, okay, do you know what? He went and got some offices. We went and got a web designer. Like he was on it. I took him to Mark Strange Property Income. He's like, "Wow, these are phenomenal." Oh, you took the guy, yeah, from up here, right to it. But he, he ended up then putting a load of money into like getting up. So he was into this business for being a portfolio builders for for about eight or nine grand, ten grand. At the same time, I was involved with a business like Mastic Company. My friend's got Mastic Company. I was involved in that business, and we got a tax investigation. Pretty legit one, but my role in the company wasn't named correctly. And to save anybody, boring everybody, they basically come in and said, you should have been a PAYE instead of self-employed because you're, okay. you're in management, blah, blah, blah. My friend resisted it and fought it. I was saying to him, look, let's just hold around and say, fair dues, what do we yeah. owe? Because like, obviously there's more yeah, yeah, contributions yeah. to pay. He fought it and we got 14 grand, we got, no, an 18 grand, sorry, uh, fine okay. uh, as a result of uh, fight, fighting it. And it was literally, I should, instead of being self-employed, I should have been employed okay. within his structure. Yeah. So at the time, I've got this coffee shop going wrong. Oh, God. Uh, we've got an 18 grand fine. I said to him, look, I said, I'll go ask on it and I'll pay you. But I haven't got the money, so you just have to give me some time to pay you back. And he's like, really? Like, Obviously, it was my decision. I said, listen, we was in it together. We've earned a ton of money together. Yeah. It's driven what we had to do. Unfortunately, I've got no money at the moment yeah, 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 because yeah. I'm just up to my ear. I was yeah, in yeah, it. Yeah. But I'll pay you back. I'll just I'll work it off. I'll, I'll pay yeah, you yeah, back. Yeah, he's yeah. like, wow. Like, I wasn't expecting that. I thought... I thought that was the hit I was going yeah. to take. Uh, I, obviously, me and my friend was like, look, the portfolio thing is a bit of a stretch at the moment as well. So he's like, let's stop that at the moment. Because again, sometimes you have to then reflect and just stop you and do. go and your things. You do. Oh, yeah. But again, he was into that. And again, it really humbles me to this day. It gives me a little chill. Up. Three of my properties went empty. So at this time, all my properties was all oh, running right. well. Right. Three of them went empty. One up here went empty. And one of them down south went empty. And I just went in and painted the walls myself. Just was like, okay, I need to get this turned around. Yeah. I've got no money. I need to get it turned around. Yeah, yeah. This is income there. Yeah. Uh, and then the one up here, he went, look, I see you've got no money. What I'll do is I'll fix it up for you. I'll get it done. Just, right. just pay me yeah, back yeah. and pay me back the bits we put into this at a later date kind of yeah. thing. Which, yeah, humbles me now. Chuffs, like, like yeah. Uh, but uh, so at that time, it was about 38 grand worth of debt. I was like, God, right, okay. bloody hell, I'm in a hole now. And I'm yeah, really yeah, feeling yeah, the pinch. Yeah, yeah. Also, bearing in mind, I refinanced my mum's money. So my mum's roof, like if I started getting things repossessed, my mum's money, my mum's house has got a ton of equity in there as well. Right. Okay. So I'm like, fucking hell, like this pressure's on. Like, so at this point you were just like, I need to... So I went to my opportunity property income, tried doing too much. They're yeah. actually saying, look, 70, 20, 10, which is strategy I still yeah. use to this day on your mind. But I tried spinning tons of plates that I do. I thought I was invincible to it, as you do. And then my head just started popping because I had too much going on. Yeah. So I was like, right, get rid of this coffee shop, take yeah. loss. Yeah. We've got to shut down this portfolio building, take yeah. loss on that. Obviously, got this fine, fucking so be it. Let's talk to this guy. Let's go and speak to these people. So I wrapped it down. Look, I've got 38 grand. What do I do? This piece of land, sell it. Forget about the dream of building it. Okay. Let's sell that. Sold that 26 grand. Took a loss on it. The architectural staff, loss of income. If I'd have put that in another property, like, yeah. like wow. Yeah. yeah. Like my ego says it's probably about nine grand loss. Reality is it's hundreds of thousands of yeah, loss of opportunity. Okay. But it got me started. Yeah, it got you and started. And it was in a position. So I remember 2014, I sold that piece of land. I paid off a load of the bits, got out, got out of the large majority of the hole, uh, started selling fireworks and just doing stuff that I knew again, like just to earn instant yeah, yeah. revenue uh, and bits and bobs like that. Drummed up a bit of money again. I went, right, I'm going back to property. This is where I want to be. Okay. But then the second tenant moved into South End and... Uh, I remember I moved her in at the time because I said I was on my ass. I was like, I need to rent this out. They've moved, that was one of the properties that moved out as well. My friend who, who liked, liked the ladies of the night moved out. And we, at the time, benefits in South End for three bedrooms was 850. 
and the cheapest you could get a place was about £1,200. So I just went, right, let's just get it for 8 It's in the middle of Red Light District. Let's just get eight fifty for it as a free bedroom. Okay. I know it's going to attract Single somebody. Just for, yeah, yeah just can't afford yeah. the, the free bedroom places. Lady lived five minutes around the corner. I picked her up. I was like, do you know the area? She's like, yeah, I need to run a corner. What's it like, though? So, well, it's not the greatest, hence why it's 8.50. Yeah. But, like, do you do you do know it? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. A week later, she's phoned me up going, oh, my God, like, there's prostitutes walking by outside <laughs> my house. And that's when the penny dropped. I was like, I don't know local. Like, like I've got this HMO, which is a headache. We've got planning issues. It's a lot of money to keep on raising. Yeah. I can't, I'm not falling over people with 300 grand to put into these deals. Yeah. And I was like, I'm, I'm going back to North. I'm going to make this work. You yeah. know, I've got connect, I knew, I know North better than I know South End because I've got yeah. my friend from there, and and that was the main penny drop kind of thing. So I come back up there. I said to myself, I'm going to make it work. In the, I was swimming against everything. I got loads of coaches, and they're all going only invest locally. I was like, I'm going to take your advice around investing, but I'm going to yeah. figure out what to do. Uh, and I've just got some entrepreneurial coaches to coach me, like as in business. Okay. So I went to Bali and got coached with. Uh, Roger Hamilton and Wealth Dynamics that's why I'm really into all that stuff right okay and then yeah so you offloaded all these problems and then what did you do next 2014 when I restarted again yeah, so yeah. I had a handful of properties then and then from 2014 up to uh, 2014 into 20 end of 2015 I, yeah. I, I went off and bought 10 properties for myself yeah buy refurbish refinance right. like refurbishment mortgage you need to start working yeah and bike. I said putting, I was pulling out 100 like on average, about 70 to 90 percent of my money. Wow, amazing! On each of them, and spending about four grand. So this, this was just on each one of them. So rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Yeah. And you knew what you were doing, yeah. And these working. So in, then in 2016, went to Bali, and they was like massive. Look, content, content, content. You've got to document your journey. All right. So at this point, you, the properties are working, but you haven't documented anything no. on social media. At this point, you're like, right, the penny dropped. I need to start putting stuff on social media. Not fully. I got kind of dragged into it. I didn't want to do it. One, my background and past is in that bit of trouble, and being private, and I was like, yeah. and nervous around it. I was like, I don't want to do that. We went to Bali. Like obviously, you in Bali, you're on the resort there. You spent like thousands and thousands of pounds to get there. And I was like, day four, right, tomorrow you're doing videos. The reason we told you with no notice because we know loads of people are nervous around this and we don't want to give you time to overthink it. And naturally, pardon me, uh, naturally I'm a bit of an introvert, but if you put me around business people, my introversity will be overruled from my excitement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so if you start talking about business stuff, I get excited and yeah. that's it, shyness yeah, yeah. kind of goes Box, away. Yeah. Put me in a pub with people talking about football and boxing and whatnot, then I'll <laughs> yeah, just yeah, 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 yeah. go you, a bit shy you, you again. Go back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so I'm here you know, with all these entrepreneurs in Bali, all excited, being in Bali as well, all excited. And uh, so when I said you do videos, everybody, oh, you'd be great at these. I'm like, no, don't need them, don't want to do them. But obviously, I'm here, I'm going to have to turn up yeah. and do it. I went back to my room and done nearly 40 takes, most of them about three to eight seconds because I was like, but <laughs> <laughs> went off the next day, done about five to ten takes trying to record this video and even the guy at the end was like yeah just kind of just keep practicing like he couldn't even <laughs> say anything that good come out of there going look i was embarrassed and the thing with our brains i've understood my brain how it works and we can understand it because our brains run off our emotions and ego more than it does off our logical thinking brain yeah. so at the time when i analyzed it my ego was dented so I was, rather than admitting that i'm crap at this and i'm scared at it and I'm, I'm i'm no good i'm not natural at this rather than admitting that it was easier to say to myself i didn't need it than admit that, that I was scared of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just yeah. don't need that anyway, so it don't matter. I'm, I'm, I'm cracking on anyway. I bought 10 properties last year. Yeah. Who needs that kind of thing? Absolutely. Uh, and then I listened to Gary Vaynerchuk talking about documenting your journey instead of trying to make content, because that, I was trying to make something. Yeah. And I remember seeing him, I wish I could find a guy to this day, I can't find him, because I owe him a lot for it. And it's this American guy, 
sitting outside a property going, yeah, man, I bought this property, and he's really over top, and wasn't my style, but I was like, oh, I could do that. We're buying a few properties. I could just sit outside yeah, yeah, and say, yeah. I bought this property. This is the numbers, and walk around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and one day, so that seed got supplanted. Then I heard Tim Ferriss say, the thing you want to do the least is always the thing you need to do the most to excel forward. Okay, yeah. And especially for your fulfillment. If you just stay in your comfort zone, you could be earning tons of money, but you won't be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. You need to stretch yourself. Not too far that you overwhelm yourself like yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. When I had to get, sell everything and I nearly got sectioned again. But you need to stretch yourself just far enough. Like there's three levels of stress. And you need to stretch yourself into level one stress all the time. Because okay. that's healthy and it's where fulfillment is. But uh, so I just sat outside a property one day and I was like, do you know what? Let's just do it. I just okay. found five or three, two, one before I knew it and just went and do it. I recorded it. I remember super nervous about pre- pressing play because it wasn't live. And then I started documenting. I was just getting tons of investors. I was like, wow. Like, really? like to think it was me, but like down, I'm down south and I'm showing people I'm buying properties for 40, 50, 60 grand. They're like, I've always been interested in property. Like, I didn't think I could yeah. buy a property. Yeah. And I've got a bit of money. Yeah. Like, Have you really? Like, yeah, let's go and buy you a house. Wow. So then from. 2000 and I had to get out of all this debt and everything. So from the end of 2014, beginning of 2015 into 2016, I'd done 10 deals for myself using the BRR strategy. Okay. Then from 20, mid 20, 2016, this short time, I went to Bali, understand, put myself out there. Now, tra- my first investor was one of the guys I met at that, that the, the seminar I went to in London and my accountants, funny enough, at the time. I was like, we've got a bit of money. How can we structure this? Wow. Uh, so then I was documenting what I was buying for myself and them. And then from 20, I can't remember the exact date, but it's 2017, 2018, we bought around probably about 45, 50 properties uh, in that period. So in, All for investors. And myself. So and yourself. A mixture of probably just shy of 50 50, I'd say. So okay. wow. about 60% probably for investors and about 40% for myself. Right, okay. But it sounds probably sexier than it is. It just, we like, yeah, there's just loads of issues. We started doing the management ourselves, not on purpose. I always thought I'm going to find a letting agent anyway. Right. But then he was buying his investors' properties, and he was like, well, oh, yeah, it could be an extra income stream. And you, and what you do, you get seduced by other people's journeys. Rob Moore and Mark Homer talking about opening up an agency. Yeah. Now Kevin McDonald talks about it. But you need volumes to yeah, do that. You do, yeah, You know, Absolutely. but at the time, we thought, ah, oh, that's okay. And again, yeah. didn't have the proper systems of hiring, didn't have the proper systems for training. Yeah. Understood systems and processes at the time. But so we kept on writing the manual out, but it just get lost. Nobody would follow the manual. Yeah. So we had no procedure of making sure it was checked, audited, and followed. So basically, uh, kept on hiring more and more people and it's become a mess and the lettings was then making a massive mess on it so right. every time we was buying a property before we'd sorted out what we'd done wrong with that property within the team yeah. to eliminate it doing again I'd already bought a second property and then before we'd sort out we sorted out the first one and the second yeah. problem I bought a third one and so these problems were just compounding yeah, and compounding yeah, 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 yeah. and it got to a point in 20 in uh, yeah beginning of 2019 I went like right enough's enough I've got myself enough like I've okay. built up this this gigantic yeah. thing well not gigantic for some people but for me it was gigantic yeah. and it's a big headache I've got loads of bad employees yeah. we've got investors that I keep on compensating because we're messing up but now I'm earning no money you know? yeah. it's not, not, not no fun you know? you're like, like you become a busy idiot and I've been there before yeah absolutely yeah. and I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm compensating everybody but yeah. it's only so much compensation you can do when I, after they yeah. get fed up you know and I'm like yeah. Right. Okay. Like, what do I do here? So then, at the time, I went and got ten grand overdraft, and I went and got a business coach, not property. It's got a business coach. Okay. I had to put systems in place, ninety day planning, Brilliant. and it was three hundred and fifty pound an hour. At the time, I was like, "This is a massive gamble." Like, I'm, I'm struggling against this at the moment now. Yeah. Like, my, I was speaking to one of my other peers. I always got a network of people saying, "Stop buying properties." So, but the problem is, then properties are paying my bills at the moment my, on my team. 
But every time we buy another one, it's compounding the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, do you know what? Let's get to overdraft. Let's stop buying properties for a minute. Like, as I said, the lettings every year, year on year, first year, 30 grand loss. Second year, about 30 grand loss. Third year, about 20 grand loss. Last right. year, our best year was about 12 grand, 13 right, okay, grand loss. Okay, okay, yeah, So yeah, it's going yeah. in the right direction. Yeah, but it's a, it's took time. Yeah, it's taken time and a lot of energy as well. Yeah, okay. If I didn't have the lettings there, we could have just focused on buying properties. Yeah. Like, I would have bought 300 properties now comfortably, I reckon, yeah. if we had a good letting agent yeah. in the background. Unfortunately, I didn't meet you at the time. I know, we lost uh, but, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah. Uh, so coming up to closer to, to, to present day... Where, where we are now, you, you've got coaching going on. What Tell us where you're up to now with everything. Yeah, so 2019, got that coach. We got out of the back end. We're not fully. We've still got loads of debts we're, we're paying off from that. It's good because yeah. it's, it's, I pay no tax because we've got loads of losses. Class well, one benefit, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but on the earnings I'm making now, but it learned me a lot. I learned a lot more from yeah. that than anything else. So then in the beginning of 2020, I thought, no, the end of 2019, I got some training again. I, I thought, I love the coach. I love yeah, people. amazing. Constant like, let's learning, try and yeah. earn some money from something I enjoy but like anything, went through a coaching program. Uh, Tony Robbins, Dean Graziosi is what the coaching right. program I bought. And then I stumbled across Russell Brunson. So that was only a couple of years ago. Yeah. I was like, wow, blew my mind. I was like, <laughs> like this is crazy. Like, level, yeah. yeah. And so I just absorbed myself in it. But then as I was getting to the point of launching my coaching, procrastination setting, then self-doubt. Like, my biggest fear was, say if I tra- train somebody and they don't succeed at what I trained them. Like, wow, yeah. like... That was my biggest sort of fear. Yeah. So now, like the, do you know, when I first become a coach, I made everybody send me proof of funds that they had money to invest. They'd send me their, their experience score. I was like, I want to take them on as a client. Like, you've got proof of me that you're in a position, enough, yeah. ready to go. My wife's like, that's well over the top. And to be fair, look, Napa, you know Napa. Yeah. Napa, had, his credit score was low, and I coached Napa. Like, I moved that goal a little bit because I was like, okay, that is a little bit OTT. But, uh, right. but lucky I did because Napa, we worked our way through getting yeah. the right lenders for him, blah, yeah. blah, blah. blah. And he's, he's absolutely flying. Yeah, he Napa is. wouldn't have come through my first criteria because his credit score first. Of right, all. So, yeah, so you have to readjust things. Yeah, and that was over. But that's how paranoid I was around it. I didn't want to be labelled a coach, but also I was worried about if I get the results. Like my coaching is hundred percent money back guarantee. If you don't get results with yeah. it, or you think there's no value, and I've missold you from hype, take your money back. I don't yeah. want to be that person. You, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Point fair out. enough. That's good. This week, three people wanting to buy my free two grand course. And it just wasn't the right fit for him. I'm right. like, look, it's not right for you at the moment. Okay. It's hard to do that because six grand yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. like into your business. But it's like, look, I get no pleasure. I get pleasure of earning money. Of course I do. And yeah, I've not yeah. got tons of money as well to turn this down, by the way. I'm yeah, stretched yeah, yeah. all the time financially. But uh, but it's just like, look, I don't want to do an exchange of that. But but yeah, 2020, I was procrastinating on it because I was like, and in active procrastination, we took on a load more investors again. Right. Because we got the lettings running a bit more efficiently. And systems are running bad, decent little team around us. It's like, ah, oh, do you know what? Let's drive the lettings with buying the properties because that yeah. trying to get director vendor stuff. I went and done some training with Sally, so trying to get the right. directors yeah, vendor yeah. stuff. I was like, it's too difficult to prospect landlords and the energy it takes. Yeah, let's just buy properties, build it up that way. So okay. we've got a load of properties in the pipeline again, load of investors in the pipeline again. But reignite my relationship with agents, and then COVID it. So I had loads of stuck in legals. Of course, right? Okay. Uh, obviously the lettings big part of our lettings was the tenant fines and, and the, the repairs maintenance, like the, the commissions we get on these things so all repairs stopped tenant fines stopped I had three deals in, in legals locked up and two of my investors was like oh I'm not buying now because like what's yeah, what, don't know what's going to happen with COVID yeah, yeah, yeah. so I'm like holy crap right now I need to get out of my own way because from 2016 all up to 2020 I dabbled with content still even though I was doing it any excuse I wouldn't do it still yeah. I went right I've got to do a bit of content every single day so in 2020 done it every day launched my coaching 
Really, really enjoyed it now. So you'll actually launch your coaching in, in COVID. Yeah, might be amazing. amazing. That is brilliant. And, and my whole thing is, look, look, anything you can do virtually can be done. Yeah. Anything you do in person can be done can virtually. Be virtually. can, yeah. yeah. So my idea is, look, get the systems and tech behind, like yeah. whether you're doing it locally or not, get the systems and tech behind what you're yeah. doing to streamline it. So you can, like, one of my goals in 2014 was, right, I'm going to have monthly breaks, so I reset my mind. Put my phone down for 24 hours. Yeah. I need to stop taking on so much and reset. So whether that's going to a spa hotel around the corner, Holland, where my wife's from, staying with the family, yeah. or going to the Caribbean for two months. The reason I can go away every single month is because I've got the systems to be able to run everything from my phone. So but that's quite valuable. I think people would, would enjoy that. So, yeah, that's exactly what I teach people and, 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 and learn them at the moment. So coming to, to present day, or roughly coming to present day, you know, you've got your, you've got your letting agency, you've got your investors, you're doing the sourcing, but I, I know you've told me this yourself, what you love the most is helping people and coaching people, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Buying none, look, every week, uh, and anybody listening to this, any bit of Ben's audience, I give out free coaching calls yeah. every single week. I set aside a bit of hours. They're not sales calls leading you yeah. into, into it. And the reason I make it really clear it's not sales calls is because at one point, I'm like, I want to give back, I give to charity, and I was going to go and volunteer for Richard Branson's Virgin United and just wow. help young entrepreneurs. But then I thought, look, I've got a decent audience here. Why don't I tell the people in my audience? Like, same thing, same yeah. meaning. I like Richard, like, enough against him kind of thing. Like, <laughs> talking like he's my best friend. But like, <laughs> I thought, okay, let's just offer this back to the people in my community. So I'll make it super, because I know, look, I don't get on some strategy calls with some people because I think they're just going to try and hard sell me at the end. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I don't yeah. want to buy something at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So super transparent. Look, if you're interested in buying something, I'll say, look, let's get on a call afterwards if you're interested in coaching. But this call is just purely to give you guidance, advice, and some actionable steps to move forward. Yeah. So. Yeah, I love it. I actually do do it for nothing. Like Amazing. My one-on-one mentoring is at least £3,500 an hour. If you take mine as a one-on-one mentor, so Amazing. if anybody wants an hour worth £350, then reach out to us. Amazing. Um, and you can find Harvey online. You're easy to find. I mean, we, we met online. You're all over the place. Yeah, I've been Harvey getting some please. marketing tips and and, and want to want to get some more off you because I'd say you're absolutely everywhere. Um, but um, just a couple of last things, just to quickly finish on a couple of questions from me. Obviously, you're a family man, like like I am. We've got a fa- family. How would you balance, or what tips do you have for entrepreneurs, business owners that have family going on as well? How would you balance everything with that? Yeah, fantastic question. Be intentional with your time. Do you know, we just talked to Graham and he said, I've yeah. had time. I said, look, that's the, like, I didn't want to be resistant. It makes yeah. me feel like a bit of an idiot when I push back on people. Yeah. The, people have got time. It's just, they're not intentional yeah. with their time. You know, so for me, every Monday, I have Mondays off. My wife says to me, oh, look, you're super busy. Why don't you put, him in, why don't you put your boy in play school? Like, I don't care. I'm not going to get that time back with him. Yeah. The other day, look, of I've course. got this... This, this HMO going on has gone over time gone over budget I've got bits going on I've got the lettings company still not earning and massive decision in my head do I let go of that yeah. or oh, it's nearly there do I keep hold of it I've done all this effort bloody blah kind of thing but then I've walked out and I talked my boy out to ride his bike on, oh amazing like, you cannot week, that is so know, like, that is just I take different. him to school every day pick him up amazing and I schedule that in so I yeah. work around my bits that I schedule in yeah. after that you and know? That's, that's priority absolute priority and some days I'm working to 10, 12 o'clock at yeah. night yeah, yeah. as a result of getting the time now but yeah but that's it. And every month I schedule in some downtime and, and travel time. So, yeah, just be intentional with your time. Amazing, amazing. And just um, a last quick question from me um, to finish off was um, any tips? And I, I know this comes with what we've discussed here. Any tips for anyone that wants to get into property? You know, the journey you've been on is absolutely amazing. I know our listeners will have enjoyed it. I certainly have. A massive, amazing journey just shows, you know, that it's not all plain sailing. You can't get to where you are without going through the, the pains as well. Any tips or, 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 or just a couple that you could give to people of how if you want to get in property business, you know what what sort of things would you do different, or what things can you tell people? Yeah, you know? sorry, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. So for me, like 
big bugbear of mine with coaches is like, yeah, do this big strategy, do this, like, have, like, and selling dreams. Find where your level is and just go that step above where your level is. And we've all got a different level. Like, don't try and too shoe high yeah, too quickly. The worst advice you'll ever ever get is because I've done it, so can you. That is absolutely BS. That's yeah. the wrong advice you can ever get. We've all got different profiles, yeah. natural innate abilities. No matter how much I try, I'm reading. Like one of my routines at night time to wind down is reading like inspiring entrepreneurs uh, or sports people's biographies and just inspiring stuff at night time just to wind down. I'm reading Usain Bolt at the moment. And no matter how much I train, I'll never be Usain Bolt because I've not got that innate ability of being a fast runner. I wasn't wasn't born with that. So find where you are in your journey. Profile test yourself. Find where you are in your journey. Then find where you should be stepping up to the next journey. Look, if you're a builder already, then take take on a HMO because you've got innate, you've got natural transferable skills. But if you've never painted a wall before and you've never even heard what a yield was like myself, don't buy a piece of land and do (laughs) development. You know, like don't do a big HMO because it sounds shiny because it's gonna it's more complex. So find where you are and start at the right level for where where you are. You know, okay, yeah, and educate yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Start with free education as well first of all, and then commit. And look, when people come to me and want my one-on-one mentoring, which is much more expensive, got no no experience, it's a straight no. Like, look, get some experience first. Buy a lower pro. You've always, when you pay, you pay attention. So you want to buy a yeah, program that's relevant that's right. to where you are in your journey. So I love Rachel Bunsen, but it's 50 grand a year. I'm not quite big enough to yeah. to get a, the benefit for that. So I'm looking at my coaches at the moment are like 10, 15 grand. That's yeah. the, enough to get my attention and enough of a level high enough to, to drag me to where I need to go. Yeah. Then the next level from that will be the 50 grand coaches. Yeah. But somebody starting out, go and get a coach for like five, 500, something that yeah. commits you enough. And that, gives you that accountability yeah, as well. Absolutely, yeah. Harvey, it's been an absolute pleasure. I think we've broke the record on the longest podcast by about 10 <laughs> minutes here, so that, that's also a great thing. But thank you for coming on. really appreciate your time. And uh, we'll get you on again, because I think we could, me and you could probably talk for, for hours on end. But uh, it's been great. I've enjoyed that, and, and thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks very much for having me, Ben. You're a massive inspiration. I'm really not just saying this. Uh, super excited to explore some of these click funnel bits and stuff with you because, as I said, your conviction, what you've done. I'm looking around Ben's offices at the moment and he is a really, really inspiration for me and what he's done is admirational and oh. I'm excited about like nurturing our friendship. Brilliant. Thanks for coming, Harvey. Thanks for coming on, Harvey. Really appreciate it. Thanks, thanks uh, for all our listeners and, um, yeah, thanks again and speak to you next time.